involved a little bit of a, a talk back as, uh, as uh, the opportunity affords itself. Take your uh, Bibles, uh, if you have that with you, and turn to Joshua chapter 3. I've entitled uh, my message today, Remember, Remember. And uh, as uh, you go later today, you want to give thanks for a couple of things that were mentioned. Uh, we do certainly want to thank the Lord for Sue and Ron, what God has done there in, in your guys' life, and for what particularly the three things Faithy mentioned in, in uh, our life uh, at recent big events. And why is it that they always seem to involve around our kids, you know, the, the events? And so we, we just, uh, God, God be glorified in that. Today's a Memorial Day a weekend, and this is initially the, uh, the kickoff for uh, summer. Although I always thought it was a ripoff in New York State, we went to uh, school until the end of June. Uh, they, they used to say that's the, that's the beginning of the 90 days of summer. Don't you love summer vacation? My little uh, granddaughter, Heather uh, uh, Harper, Heather's another one, I guess, not yet come, but Harper, who's four, I said, you know, tomorrow you're going to have school. It begins summer vacation. You mean summer's here? I go, and she said, yeah, I don't know. I still get all excited myself. I don't know. We're not off for the summer, but you kind of like, that's a wonderful, sweet thing, you know. And, uh, but Memorial Day is a time when we are called to remember we put our flag up uh, this morning on the front door because uh, I, uh, I love our country. I'm thankful. I realize the privilege of living in this land. We could have been born in a whole other place with terrible, miserable circumstances, uh, a lot less opportunities for schooling and jobs and livelihood and all of that. And some of you have traveled, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's not perfect, and maybe it's not the people you voted for or the judges and all that, but it's still a pretty fine place to live. You must agree with that. I do, and I thank the Lord for it, and there are no accidents with Him, and I'm thankful for those that went on before that gave the ultimate sacrifice that we might be able to even gather here today. You know, in a lot of places, they can't. I know that for sure in Qatar, and that's all guarded. In other places, it's illegal for churches to gather. Well, remembering. God has given us the faculty of thinking, and a part of that is, uh, is our brain. Now, isn't it amazing when you think of your brain has the capacity not only to make choices, uh, and we do make true choices. Do I go left or right? Is it Cheerios or Frosted Flakes this morning? Is it the brown socks, blue socks, brown socks, or no socks, right? And we, we make all these uh, thousands of decisions. But in addition to that, our brain, the way God made us, has the capacity of a filing system. And we're able to file memories. And aren't they sweet sometimes? Some are bitter, some are hard, but uh, they're filed back there. And uh, do you know that uh, they tell us, I don't know whoever they is, but he's quoted a lot, they always tell us that you, you always remember everything that, uh, that you ever experienced. Now I mention that. You always remember. Wouldn't it be helpful to know that before you go into an exam? You're like, oh, Lord, help me. I don't know if I study enough. Help me remember. You always remember. It's always there. It's somewhere. It's there. It's, it's, it's somewhere. Joe was telling me about a computer problem with his hard drive, and he didn't pay 300 bucks to somebody. And, uh, and, his, and if he can't fix the computer, we're all in trouble. i got news for you. So I don't know what that means. But uh, it's filed back there in your mind. You just have a retrieval problem. 
It is. That's true. And uh, Faith and I raised uh, a golden retriever when we were in Indiana. And, out to, and like, Mike, like, you're beautiful. And she, we never had a teacher how to retrieve. Just throw something there. She, hey, look at it. She brought it back. You know, it's in their blood, a retrieval. That's the disconnect you have when you can't remember. Now, there are certain things that go along with that. Some things we don't want to remember. We press that out. You know, when you dream at night, that's what they say, especially if you're having bad dreams. It's uh, defragmentizing your brain. It's carrying the junk out sort of stuff. You wake up and go like, wow, that was a weird dream I had there. And your mind is kind of emptying the trash out of your thought file there. And, and, and a lot of times, do do how many of you remember your dreams? Some people are like, Okay, and, and how about this one? How many of you dream in sequence? You go to bed the next night, it's like the next chapter. Did you do that, Joe? My father used to... Yeah, Ron? Yeah, it's like the next chapter or something. I don't know. My father used to say, like, there's not something right, Dad, with you. Is that what it is? Yeah, and it just kind of releases. Yeah, sort of like that. Um, we're, we, do you know that we're called to remember the things that God does for us? You know, I, I, I loathe the fact in my own life when um, you're, you know, you, you're in a very tough spot and you, you, you pray and you wait and you pray and you wait and you wait and pray. And, then, and amazingly, God answers prayer and uh, through the hands of someone else or some circumstance and this and that. And then you go on a few days and weeks, and it's like, it's not even there anymore. And it's just like it's gone, and you don't remember. It's not that you, you consciously forget. It's just life here and now at the moment, pressing issues, and tomorrow we're imagining what's going to happen. And, and so, we're, so we're, we're sort of occupied and consumed by that, and so we're not consciously going back and say, that was enormous. I don't know. Wow, God carried us through. And we, and we have a tendency for forgetfulness. Have you ever, maybe I'm the only one that has that problem. But I, I, and, and I need, sometimes I discover I need little props or things that help me to remember the faithfulness of God in my life. Because, uh, you know, you're standing in the next, next uh, terrible problem, and it's like, God has left me. You know, it's like, and we've got this whole story of all these chapters of God has brought us right to this point and moment. Now we're like, that's it. I'm going to get what I deserve. I know it. <laughs> God's and it's, I loathe that tendency forget. You know, there's a whole, we're not going to look at it, but look at it later, but Psalm 106 is exactly that, that God did so many things and the people forgot. They forgot. They forgot. And they went down this downward spiral. They forgot. They forgot. I mean, it's a terrible thing. They end up sacrificing their, kill, their children, burning them up, thinking they were doing God a favor and honoring Him. I mean, this, the, that they, I call it the spiritual Alzheimer's Psalm. That's Psalm 106. Uh, Romans 1, I think, uh, uh, Andy, you mentioned that in our study. Romans, the downward spiral when they were not thankful. Huh? Why? They didn't remember. They didn't consciously. So I, I'm, 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 I think it's helpful for us to, to get things in our life that help us remember. You know, I, if you were to come into my study, I have a number of things that are, are reminders to me of uh, God's faithfulness, and I need those in my life.
I have a prayer book where I specifically write down things and how God answers. And uh, I'll, I'll look through that from time to time. And it gives me such great encouragement. Because I forget. I forget. I need X money for that bill. Or my, my granddaughter needed surgery for this or that. And I'm like, I, it's not that I forget. It's just uh, it's there, but it's just not there like it should be there. And so uh, it causes me to be ungrateful. It causes me uh, to uh, be fearful in the immediate circumstance. It causes me to be downcast in spirit, like uh, we're, it's bad and it's going to get worse, and that's it, and game over, you know? That's our tendency as sinful, fallen, even redeemed men and women. And so uh, God is uh, encouraging us in His wonderful Word uh, to uh, have things that remind us you know, next week we'll have the Lord's Supper. And uh, do this in what? Remembrance of me. It's a, it's a physical reminder when we take the bread and the cup and we participate in that memorial uh, of uh, the price that was paid for our sin. And I discover we need that. We need that reminder constantly because we tend to forget we don't glorify God like we should. And so I, I urge people uh, to uh, do something beautiful, get a painting, make a, uh, I have a rock in my study uh, that shows the faithfulness of God. I have a plaque that at one point I didn't think I could get over the wall, and it, it's a verse from Psalm 18. Every time I look at it, God was faithful, God was faithful, God was faithful. I thought, game over, that's it, down and out forever. And these little momentums, a little plaque on the wall, a little this or that, a prayer book on the shelf, they remind me, and I need it. And if I need it, I suspect you need it. And I want you to know that God is encouraged and blessed when we remember and give thanks and draw strength from that for today and for tomorrow. And that's life, isn't it? And uh, I ask you to turn to Joshua uh, 3 and 4, and I'd just like to look through this ever so brief. God has done something huge in our life as a church this past week with the, uh, the, the town fathers uh, uh, approving our land development. And, 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 and before we get, oh, oh, and yawn, oh, yes, we know that. You know, and that's our tendency, oh yes, oh, oh yeah, when we forget all that was involved with that, um, uh, I think we need to make much of that and remember that each step of the way as God is leading us. There was a, a day in the life of Israel in Joshua 3 and 4 where God did a miracle thing. I mean, God's done a miracle here in the life of grace. I mean, it's something only He could do. I mean, little is much when God is in it. And that's us. And we can't do very much anyway, can we? I mean, we go 16, 18 hours, we've got to lay down and sleep for six or eight or nine hours, or we're disasters, total and utter disasters. And here in the, uh, Israel, in, in chapter 3, uh, Moses has died, imagine that, losing your great leader, 40 years leading you through the wilderness. They felt safe with him at the helm. You know, they didn't always follow him, right? Like disobedient children. But he was, there came a day then, just before he died. And now Joshua, this new young whippersnapper, who actually wasn't that young, but we think of him that way. Anyone compared to Moses had to be young, right? And uh, now he's at the helm. Who's this new guy? You know, and of course he was Moses' servant. He was trained a lot of years. But 
now you're... And how do you like to be Joshua? How do you like to fill Moses' shoes? Hey, you're next. Nuh-uh. No, no. I'm going to hide in the crowd here let somebody else do it. Not only that, I know what these people are like. You know, they're a bunch of belly-aching complainers, people, children of Israel. Disobedient. No, you're in charge. And there came a day when God said, finally, you're going to enter into the uh, promised land. They've been wandering for 40 years because of sin and disobedience. Moses now died. The whole older generation is dead. 20 and above at Kadesh Barnea. They're dead because they didn't believe God. Okay, you don't think I can take care of it? I'm, I'm just going to give you the, the, the land of milk and honey. You're going to die. I'm going to give it to your kids. And now they're all dead now, every last one of them, 40 years. Those 20 and under at that point are now going to enter the land. Problem, here's the problem. The Jordan River, if you see a picture of it today, uh, I have to laugh when I see some of our Sunday school pictures of the kids. It's a little peaceful little brook, you know, like, oh, isn't that sweet. It was a raging river, particularly at, at flood season time. Flowed from the Sea of Galilee down into the Dead Sea, a, a, a quite a distance, 80 or 100 miles, it would wind and twist and turn. And at flood stage, it would go well over the banks. Well over. I mean, it was dangerous. It was dangerous. And now you got a million and a half people, the uh, children of Israel, that are waiting to go into the land. you got this raging Jordan River at flood stage, and uh, they're camped out. And right, you have a bunch of enemies in the land here now. They're not like welcome wagon. Did you ever move someone in a welcome wagon shows up? Hey, we got this nice little basket here, and here's some goodies and all that. Don't think that. These are people that wanted them, you know, uh, we want to kill you. We, we heard what your God did. We're afraid of you, and we will oppose you and kill you and your women and children and all that in the land. That's where they're headed, Right? So what they got a big problem here. They want to get to the land. God, now notice this too. God has fed them every day with this manna from heaven. God provides for his people. Every single day, save this Sabbath, God provided twice as much on Friday. And uh, every single day, God's provision. He wants us to that our God is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides. And he provided for them all the way. And they're now at this point, they're standing next to the Jordan River. And uh, I'd just like to read the account, three and four, make a, uh, some observations, and uh, we'll be done. In, jo- in verse three, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shatim, and they came to the Jordan River. He and all the people of Israel, about 1.5 million people. That's about what we're talking Huge caravan of people. And they lodged there. Don't think Holiday Inn. <laughs> they're, they're tenters. <laughs> okay? They lodged there before they passed over. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp. They commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Now, that was a special symbol that represented the presence of God. As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. The symbolism here is that God is going to lead his people into the land that he promised to give them. And the same thing is true today. God leads his people along. Listen, uh, we're reading about something that took place a long time ago, but some things never change in this ever-changing world. God is still the same, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
people are still the same. We're in this long genetic uh, uh, thing of families, and here we are, and uh, we haven't changed in the world. The world system hasn't changed, and so on. So we look at the, uh, the, uh, the things that are universal in scope as we look at that. As soon as you see that ark move, you move out. And yet, verse 4, yet there should be a distance between you and it of about 2,000 cubits in length. What that means is about a half a mile. So you've got all these people out here. They're going to be all abreast, and they're going to go deep in this, in this care. Don't think single file. No, don't think that. They're all really wide out here along the riverbank, and in the middle, about a half a mile, so that they can all see it now. Let's get the picture. When that moves into this raging river at flood time, Move out, we're going across into the promised land. God, God is going So stay back so that you can see it. If you crowd around it, only a few people will be able to see it. And not only that, stay back. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you should go for, and here's a great verse, you've not been, you've not passed this way before. Isn't that great? Think about that. We haven't lived this day yet. We haven't lived tomorrow or next week. We have not been this way before, have we? I love the poem, and miles to go before we sleep. Maybe, maybe not, but if we do, we've not been that way before. Keep your eye fixed on the Lord. That's what he's saying here. You've not been this way. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord is going to do a great wonder among you. In other words, the preparation wasn't military. You know, we would think that. We're going into enemy territory. Let's get the cavalry out front and the spies and send in the, uh, all sorts, the, the aircraft and the F-16s and, 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 and might. And, and we're, no, uh, it shows that the, the, the thing that was chiefly needed in that day and in our day is for our own personal holiness and virtue. And it's not in us. God does it in us. It's not me. You can't work it up. I can't work it up. It's God who works it. He makes us both willing to do of His good pleasure. How? He gives us a new heart. Then He gives us strength to do that. And it tells us that our primary need for today and future is spiritual. Consecrate yourself. Tomorrow the Lord is going to do a great wonder among you. In verse 6, And Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant, and they're carrying it, and they went before the people. Verse 7, the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. And when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out before you. And he's going to give a list of all these enemies, these people that hate him, the Canaanite, the Hivites, the Hittites, the Jerizites, and all these ites, ites, and more ites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. I got the scene now. God said, now, they're going to walk to the edge, and they're going to go stand in the river. The Ark of the Covenant, the priests carrying it, and the people are to see that. When they see that, then they're going to walk. Now, the water's flowing here. Like you got little babies, you got mothers, you got the whole bed here. They're all 40 and under, save for Caleb and Joshua. And we're going to do what? 
Yeah, we're going to cross the road. We're going to do what? Keep your eye on that. What? What? We've got to call John. John's got to design us a bridge here. Army Corps got, where are, the, where are the Army Corps engineers? Have you ever seen that sometimes on the military channel? That's amazing. They show what the, uh, the uh, I saw that at the end of World War II where they were advancing Britain and they had to cross uh, some of the great rivers there in Germany. And they come in and they built these bridges in like, like 48 hours so that the, the troops and all the army could go right across uh, these. Uh, they didn't have that. We're not talking that. We're going to do what? Yeah, when the priests step in the river, the river, have you noticed it? This is dangerous. Yes, keep your eye on it. Consecrate yourself. Get your heart right. Confess your sin. And let's get ready. Tomorrow is going to be a great day. Uh, and, and, and we're going to see. And so Joshua uh, is going to be exalted as their leader. And they're going to be amazed at what God is going to do. Verse 12. Now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priest Bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the water of the Jordan. The, the waters of the Jordan will be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan River with the priest, uh, bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan River, and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped into the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. It was flood stage. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down from the Sea of the Arabah and the Salt Sea, and they were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite the city of Jericho. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. So you got the picture now. The priests come to the edge. They step in by faith. What? How, why would they do it? God said do it. Oh. Didn't ask for my opinion. Didn't ask if it made sense. Just do what I said. You walk by faith, not by sight. I'd be terrified to walk by sight, wouldn't you? I mean, everything, so many things oppose us. And they, as soon as they did that, boom, the water stopped. Now, here's a, here's a principle. Timing is the backbone of good Bible study, you know. There are some that like to explain that away and say, well, there was an earthquake, or, and God may have used that. But the water at Adam, or Adam, was way up. I don't know, I can't remember how many miles that was upstream. The water stopped right there. God stopped it. And by the time they stepped in, boom, look at the timing. Isn't that amazing? Boy, that was lucky, Right? Timing. God is the author of time. He designed time. He works within time. At the nick of time, God sent forth His Son made of a woman. We, we learn about time. God's overall comprehensive plan. It's no accident. The time that the, of your life and the time of your day, isn't it amazing that days are 24 hours? I haven't thought about that. If uh, a solar day was like, you know, go like three days in length, you know what? We'd be going up and down sleeping three times. Yeah, I'm up for my second uh, 
eight-hour sweep. Or <laughs> down, yeah, I'm down again. It's just the, the sequence of that. Isn't that amazing? That eight hours, we're up 16, 18, 19 hours. Some of you are up later than that. You shouldn't. You need your beauty sleep. And that we lay down and rest, and we're up. And the, and the next day we go, oh, I, feel, I was so tired last dog. Tired. Now I'm feeling stronger today. Now. And then we kind of, and we have our energy. Timing. The distance from the moon to the earth, the sun, the, yeah, all, all of these, the seasonal changes, 23 and a half degrees, the tilt of the earth gives us seasonal changes. The water temperature is beautiful, 21% oxygen in the air. The great oceans are the great thermostat. They keep the constant temperatures relatively constant. And the beautiful, this, this sphere that God made and timing that he works within it. And, and from creation forward to the end to the coming of the Lord, it's all laid out. And here God to his glory stops this right at this right time. I mean, tomorrow, and now tomorrow's here, the, the river stops and they cross and they all cross. And, and God's word is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. And look at chapter 4 now. God wants them to remember this. Our tendency is like, wow, that was, what was that? A lot of folks don't even know what's going on. They're, well, they say 10% people watch what's happening. Another 10% are, know what's happening. 10% watch what's happening. And about 80% like, go like, what was that anyway? You know, <laughs> I don't know what that was. And, they, and the, these mass of people just crossed miraculously into keeping their eye on, on the Lord into the promised land and, uh, and God said, I, I want you to remember this because I'm glorifying this and you need it and your sons need it and your daughters need it and, uh, and the people around need to know that I'm not like their God. I'm the living God. The miraculous almighty God. And so he's going to call them to set up a memorial. So then they look at it, they go like, oh, remember that day? And son, come here. You weren't here. You weren't born yet. But I'm going to tell you about what God did. Uh, I was just a young guy when we crossed the Red Sea. That was like a million years ago. But when we came to the river and we went across, God parted the Jordan. And when we parted the Jordan, we entered into the promised land that God had said he would give us. And I want you to hear this story. And, you know, God's delighted with that. You know, we should talk that way in our family about God's provision and His doings in our life. We ought to do that a lot. We, we're, we're always, Americans are so busy, busy. I'm busy, busy. Everyone's busy, busy, busy bee. It's a shame. We, I think we sacrifice quality uh, of living uh, for that uh, sometimes. And we ought to have time to reflect and think about uh, and to, to talk about and to say, hey, let me tell you the story again, what God did on that. And our children and our grandchildren need to hear that over and over. God did that. And it will form in their heart this fear and awe and reverence of God. And they'll come to realize that God was faithful then and He's trustworthy for me and for you for your tomorrows. Our, our children need to hear that. Our grandchildren need to. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan. That was a miracle. That was a, I mean, that was like, what? There's no bridge. There was no golden gate. The Lord said to Joshua, notice this is the Lord's idea, take 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua did that. He called twelve men from the people of Israel, 
uh, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. You see, everyone, every tribe was to be a part of this, not just the priest, but the priest. No, they, all the people were to be engaged in this act of remembering the faithfulness of God, of what God had done, every one of them. And so Joshua said to them, pass over before the ark. Now, I, I, if I understand the text right, it's a little ambiguous. It seems like they all went over. The priests are still standing in the dry riverbed holding this. And, uh, and Moses, and Moses, and Joshua says to each of the 12 reps, now go back in there and pick up a stone uh, from the riverbed and pick it up and bring it over. And uh, we're going we're gonna to set up a memorial at Gilgal where we camp tonight, where they lodge tonight near the river in this foreign land, and, uh, and so on. And so uh, that's, uh, that's what they did. They picked up real stones in real time that had real watermarks on them from that real river, and, uh, and why? Verse 6, that this, this memorial would be a sign among you. And when your children ask in time, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. It would be a symbol. It would be something that reminds them of God's faithfulness. It was God's idea to do this. He knows how we're made. We're, we're forgetful. We're careless. We, we, we don't consciously remember all of God's blessing, and we need aids so that we retrieve that wonderful blessing and draw strength from it. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded them. They took the stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of people in Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there in Joshua. And, and if you notice now in verse 9, there's a second memorial. Now, uh, it seems to be, and I read uh, different authors on it, and they, they said that it seems to be Joshua's own idea to uh, set up in the middle of a river a second monument. Not only the ones that would be carried to Gilgal where they would camp that night, the one the Lord said, you shall set this up, but it seems like Joshua goes right into the area where they were standing, the priest holding the ark, and he takes and erects a monument in the midst of this dry riverbed, now dry riverbed, as a memorial as well. So that uh, oh, every time that uh, they would see uh, that uh, memorial in the middle of the river, they would uh, remember what the Lord did in bringing them miraculously into the new land. And, there they, and, and that memorial, the end of verse 9, is there to this day. Uh, it had been there for a while. Um, you can imagine that. You know, we, we do that, don't we? I mean, I, in Switzerland, I saw one time in uh, Lake Geneva, there's a, there's a memorial uh, there in the middle of the lake uh, near the shore, but uh, Francis Schaeffer talks about it. And in that little monument, and there's a little plaque at the top that says, if you can read this, weep. And the idea is, is that that lush area of Switzerland, with all the rain from the Alps and all that, if it's so poor in quantity that the lake sinks down, it means the land is in a drought, then weep. This memorial that Joshua was setting up in the middle of the river was just the opposite, polar opposite. Uh, it, when you see this, remember what God did and rejoice. Isn't that amazing? 
Yeah. Can you imagine going there and seeing that? Like, hey, look at, oh, there's where we crossed. Look at the stone there. Yeah. Wow. You know, and we always think like, oh, I'll never forget, right? That was so great. God delivered me. I'll never forget. It reminds me of the two roofers that are up, and uh, he's uh, working away on the roof. I, I put on a couple of roofs so I identify this. Mike, I know you love to do roofing. And the guy slips, right? He slips up there, and there's nothing. They're up two, three stories. He's going down, going down, and, he's cr- and he cries out, God, help me, help me! And at the last second, there was a, like a spike near the gutter that caught him in the pants, and, and, and he didn't go down. And the guy yelled down, are, are you okay there down there? He was like, yeah, I'm okay. Did God save you? And he goes like, no, God didn't save me. This nail here did. Well, we're like that, aren't we? I mean, it's just, I loathe that tendency. We go like, I mean, this, God should have just let him just, goodbye. <laughs> and cry out on the way down, and then we'll see what happens. You know, anyway, uh, but we... That tendency to do that. And every time they saw that, they'd say, wow, that was, God did that. He brought us into the land. There were no Golden Gate Brooklyn bridges that carried us over. God, he stopped it. It was in a heap. I always like to think of that when it says the, the river was in a heap. God said, well, this far, no further. God sets all the boundaries. Here it is. I would do this with the Red Sea. There's a boy walking. Yeah, go to the aquarium and you see the fish in it. I mean, it's in a heat. That's the idea. The water is stopped right there. It's like the finger of God. Like, well, how can that happen? Well, God, it's not a closed universe. It, it runs, but God at any time can intervene into his world, and he does. And look in there. Hey, there's a fish. There's another one. You know, like the aquarium, but no glass. You know, like sometimes you get pretty brave around a, sh- a shark or, or something like that. Ah, how about if there's no glass, right? I'll let that tar- tiger shark go by. Yeah. For the, uh, for the priest, uh, in verse 10, for the, the priest bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan till everything was finished. Notice timing again. Yeah, notice that it didn't like flood them out halfway. Hey, hey, there goes the priest. Where's the ark of the covenant? It's down in the Dead Sea. It got washed away. Timing. Notice that. I see it on every page of God's wonderful word. Until everything was finished. God ordains that, that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people according to Moses. And the people passed over, don't you like that at the end of verse 10? The people passed over in haste. I bet they did. You notice that? I don't think they were lingering. You know, I think like, uh, and the mothers were like moving those kids along, you know, like and, uh, some may have been picking, hey, there's a good flat stone, I'll throw it out. Get going, move here, you know, kind of, kind of thing. I can see that. They, and verse 11, and when all the people had finished passing over, and the ark of the, uh, of the Lord and the priest passed over before the Lord. The sons of Reuben, all of the tribes, even the two and a half that would remain on the uh, east side, um, and all of them passed over. And on that day that God exalted their new leader, Joshua, in the sight of all Israel. Verse 15, And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest now bearing the ark of the testament to come up out of the river. Everyone's in the land now. Come on out. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up out of the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up on dry ground, there it is, the waters of the Jordan River at flood bank returned to their place and overflowed all its banks just as before. God's timing is perfect. His timing is perfect in your life, 
and it's perfect in my life. That little saying that Faith and I often say, you know, God is, uh, is seldom early, you know, seldom early, but He's never late. And we encourage ourselves with that because as we pray and pray and we wonder, I think God has forgotten us. Oh my, God has never forgotten us. We're engraved in, even on His hands, you know, but we're, we're in sin, growing in grace, and not utterly separated. And we go, and that, that right on time. God is seldom early. I mean, if He gave it to us early, right, we go, like, well, what's this? You know, like uh, you get a birthday present early, you know, three weeks, oh, what's this? That'd be kind of nice, right? Maybe, maybe some of you are like, no, let's wait till the big day. Seldom early, but never, never late. And here it is, God's time. Verse 19, And the people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. They encamped at Gilgal, that's uh, near the river, on the east uh, border of Jericho. And uh, those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up as a monument to remember, as a memorial to what God had done. At, at Gilgal, he set it up, and he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their father in times to come, what do these stones mean? What are these anyway, Dad? What is that? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. Incidentally, for that, a river, have you ever seen a river? It takes a while for it to get dry. It's usually mucky and yucky and all that you know, business stuff that young boys love to play with. I certainly did and come home to my mother's uh, consternation, right? But uh, the, for the ground to also be dry shows that God is intimately involved with all the details here and even the, the drying of the ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea 40 years earlier, which he dried up for us until we passed over. And here's the result. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. What a glorious account of something that God did and that only He could do for His people at a very interesting moment. Now think about it. They're in, the, they're in unoccupied enemy land at this point. The river's now closed. They're, they're trapped, right? Have you, I mean, do, do you like to have a back door? Like, Hey, let's go into this, but let's always keep an option on a back door, right? There's no back door here. I mean, that, the river closed. They're in the land. And, uh, and so when they looked at that monument set up there at Gilgal from the stones, I don't know how big they were, but probably good size, big, strong guys carrying them. And Joshua set up. Now, but they looked at that and they said, you know, God was faithful. He brought us into this land. There's enemies all around over in Jericho, not too far away. They want to kill us, the Canaanites. But God led us. He is faithful. And they drew strength from that, I believe, because that God would be trustworthy for them in the future. And that's what God wants us to do. And not forget. We have the tendency to forget. We walk out and we go like, ah, what was that? You know? And God wants us to remember. And Memorial Day is a special time to remember in our nation, and we should. But as a Christian, for us to remember 
a lot of things. Primarily the price that was paid for your sin and mine. Don't forget that. Think about it every day. Thank God for that. That God should so love the world that he gave his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish. There's a heaven, there's a hell. Christ made the only payment to satisfy God's wrath that stands over us. God, it's God's gift. It's the gift of salvation. And whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So when we get caught up in the minutia of life, cutting the grass, got to do the garden, got to paint this, got to wash that, oh, and the car needs an oil change, and the muffler broke, and they got this, and we got that, and with the kids schooling, and ball teams, and work, and I got to work over, and all these things, and all that broke, and called the plumber, and, and all these things of life. Don't get so caught up in all of that that you don't stop and look back and remember and, and, and put things around that help you to remember the greatest thing that was ever done for you and for me. And give God thanks. And then for all lesser things. You know, I, 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 I think like David, when David as a young boy and Goliath is tormenting the nation, and he goes like, well, this guy is nothing. Yeah, he's nine foot six. He's a great NBA prospect, Right? <laughs> You know, he's there, <laughs> and, his, and his, uh, his spear is the size of a weaver's beam. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but it sounds huge. And David's standing there with a slingshot. How about that? Probably, what, 16 maybe years old, something like that. Here's this mighty man, terrified the nations of Israel for 40 days. And they're like, oh, you're like this. And David goes like, what's the problem? I don't see the problem here. God is great. He's almost nothing. I'll do it. You can't do it. You're not a man of war. You're just a boy. What does David say? He looks back and remembers God's faithfulness to him. I was a shepherd with my father's sheep, and the lion came, and I smote him. I learned that in King Jim. I smote him, and then a bear came. Imagine that. And I defended the sheep, and, and God let me kill him too. And this Philistine, he drew strength from that. He remembered that as a memorial of what God had done, and this will be the same. I'm saying to you, that is the Christian life. I don't know what's going to befall you today or tomorrow or next week or us as a church or us as a nation, but God is faithful. He is faithful. He's faithful all the time. Great is thy faithfulness. We sing that from Lamentations and how true it is. And then all the other things that he does in our life. Look back, I say, and remember, remember, remember. Resist that spiritual Alzheimer's that we forget. And even if we do forget, here's the good news. God never forgets. Isn't that great? I mean, I've trusted the Lord when I was a young boy to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And he's grown me in grace. As a sinful man, he's growing me to be more like Jesus. One day I'm going to make it, you know. And so are you if you know him, right? And I can't wait for that and, and so on. But if he doesn't come in my lifetime or yours, and I get old and decrepit, and I fall down and hit my head, like I fell down and hit body parts earlier this week, and if I don't even know my name, and I never speak again, you know what? He knows me, and that's all I need. And he never forgets. He holds me, and I'm his. I am his, and he is mine. He never forgets. He's never forgot anything. 
memorials. That's why I say, remember. Remember our Savior. Remember what He's done. Remember what He's done in your life and draw strength from it. I know in a group like this, we all have challenges and things in your hearts that are heavy even right now. You worry about this and maybe that, and, we, and then we worry that we worry. We say, well, we shouldn't worry, but we worry. We're so feeble and frail and puny and small, and things easily overwhelm us. But God is great, and He wants to be glorified now, and He's delighted when you and I look back and remember. And one last thing. I think, truly, this is where I am. I'm to the point where uh, so many things seem so enormous and beyond me. I'm to the point where I think I'm finally getting in perspective. I'm like a little pea here. I'm like, Lord, this is so enormous. I just, I'm filled with such great expectation. I can't wait to see what you're going to do here. This is amazing. And uh, it's like one step at a time. Wow, God's timing, His provision in my family, in our marriage, in our life, in our church, in our country. And I go like, wow, maybe this is really what it means to walk by faith. Praise God for that. Well, I trust that your hearts are encouraged. And maybe that's the signal, Galen, I should wrap up. <laughs> and, uh, any, any comment, anything at all that you want to say about looking back and remembering, drawing strength from that, during the trials and the tests and the aches, anything at all, a testimony. Joe? Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, the, 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 the footprint on the sand, remember that? Some of you remember that. Joe referred to that. When you look back, you go like, Lord, where were you? And at those times, I carried you. There's only one set of footprints. That's it. Thank you, Joe. That's my, you know what, Faithy's dad. I always love that. I remember that so well. When Anyone else? Just a little final comment. How encouraging to know that God goes before us. Keep your eye on Him. Timing. He's not late. You know, like... Never, seldom early, never late. And uh, he wants to be glorified and magnified in your life and in mine. To God be the glory. Well, let's, uh, let's stand and be dismissed with prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day and for Memorial Weekend. And it's a special call to look back and to remember and to walk by faith, encourage. I just sense that a number here need to be encouraged, Lord, today to just remember the journey we've come on and you've carried us when we didn't know anything. You've saved so many of us by your Son, and we're so thankful for the cross and the empty tomb. And, and Lord, change every one of us as a result of being here today. Send us forth rejoicing and enjoy. May we carry about in our body the treasure of the gospel. For people need the Lord. They're broken, lost, afraid, and hurting. They need to know the love of Jesus, we pray. Bless us now. Make us a blessing to all whom we should meet. Until we meet again, in Jesus' name, amen. We're dismissed. God bless you. Have a great week and a wonderful... Do what, hey?